And welcome to another episode of the Sartorio and Geek podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more again, and let's jump right into the download. Now, the download this week is going to be slightly different because at the top of this week, at the time of this recording, Xbox celebrated the 20th anniversary of the launch of the original Xbox. It's hard to believe that it's been 20 years and Microsoft officially dipped its toe into the video game world. But 20 years ago, the Xbox was released, the big black honking double VCR box was released with its top tier specs and hard drive, its built in modem. It was a phenomenal machine and when it almost did not make it lasting only about four years before it was replaced by the Xbox 360 it is we have come a long way since that original Xbox and Microsoft is clearly one of the dominant players in the video game space but Microsoft is not one to shy away from celebrating this milestone they had a digital celebration where it focused mostly on just what the the story of Xbox as well as what Xbox has meant to gamers around the world for the past 20 years. But don't think that Microsoft didn't have some announcements. Now, beforehand, they talked about how they were not going to announce any new properties, which for most of us, we kind of figured that it's just a celebration. But there were rumors floating around the day before that there were going to be some major announcements. And one of those announcements was that they were bringing 70 plus 76 in total Xbox and Xbox 360 games backwards or to the backwards compatibility library. Now, these games include classics like the Max Payne series, the Dead or Alive fighting games. Unfortunately, Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball isn't there, which is a great game and I wish they would have made that backwards compatible. Uh, the sequel was some garbage but that's another story for another day and one of those games which is somewhat obscure but holds a place in my heart is Black College Football Experience the Doug Williams edition and this is one that many have never heard of and I was surprised to see it on the backwards compatibility list but if you are a graduate of an HBCU like I am or even just is someone who has always loved and admired HBCU culture. This is a game for you to get. Yes, it originally came out during the PS2, Xbox 360 era. Was it PS3, Xbox 360 era? I forget. Uh, but it is one game that is now backwards compatible. And because of that, it is now offered digitally. And unfortunately, this is not a free game that I'm recommending as I usually do, but this is a game that is only available at the low, low price of $9.99. And if you are one that has always wanted to play your alma mater if you're an HBCU graduate, now not all HBCUs are there. I think that a majority of the MEAC is not there. I'm not up on my HBCU conferences because I was in the MEAC, so I know that the MEAC's not there. Uh, The SWAC and the CIAA are there, I believe. So a lot of the more traditional powerhouse football teams are there. Uh, Grambling, Tuskegee, 
football programs of that nature are going to be in the game. But there's also a halftime show in addition to our rhythm games based on the drumline portions of the HBCU band experience. So it is one of those games if you're an HBCU graduate or just have a great appreciation for HBCU football and culture. This is definitely one for you to download if you have an Xbox One or Xbox Series system or even an Xbox 360 still. Uh, you can find it available on the marketplace for just a low, low price of $9.99. And that is Black College Football Experience, the Doug Williams edition, or BCFX, the Doug Williams ED. It, it'll show up in the marketplace. So that's the first of the big announcements from that day. Now, the second of the big announcements was, well, game-wise was all about Halo. Uh, one of the things they did reveal was that the much-anticipated Halo uh, television series is coming to Paramount Plus streaming in 2022, so I'm excited for that. But I'm still kind of waiting. A lot of times, video game properties don't always translate well to the big screen, especially in an episodic serial format. So we shall see how that really plays out once it releases. But one of the biggest surprises, if not the biggest surprise, is that the Halo multiplayer, or the Halo Infinite multiplayer, is now available. It's still in beta form, quote-unquote beta form, but it is now available to play a full three weeks ahead of the launch of the official game. Um, I have said before in this podcast that I am not the biggest fan of multiplayer. I should say that is not what I'm looking forward to when it comes to Halo. But sure knows I downloaded that and have been playing. And I remember or I realized I miss multiplayer. I haven't been an avid multiplayer uh, player of Halo since the Xbox, uh, excuse me, since the Halo 3 days. Wasn't a big fan or had no interest or time for multiplayer in Halo 4 and, and really wasn't interested in Halo 5, nor the Master Chief Collection. Master Chief Collection, I really just enjoying playing through the stories again of all the uh, Halo titles, but I forgot how much I loved multiplayer, the customization, the group play. It's it's just been amazing. And the one great thing, or one of the best things about multiplayer, I should say, is that it's free to play, meaning you don't need Xbox Game Pass, Ultimate Xbox Live. It is free to download or free to play on your Xbox One and your Xbox Series systems. In addition to that, it's also free to play on PC. And it is cross-play enabled between PC and your Xbox system. So definitely, that's my second download. Download Halo Infinite Multiplayer and get in your games of Team Slayer uh, before the 8th. That way you can transfer, well not so before the 8th, but until the 8th and then transfer all of your experience points over to the uh, official game when it launches on December 8th. Now... With Halo Infinite, one of the things Microsoft has done over the years, over the past years with Xbox Game Pass, is they have added complimentary services. And one of the biggest services, in my opinion, is the cloud functionality of Game Pass, whereas you have been able to play a selection of games on Game Pass via tablet and or mobile phones via 
the cloud. I've thought this is an excellent idea for an additional service. This is not something I think that is beneficial long term as a standalone service, much like I didn't think Google Stadia was anything to write home about. I, I personally don't understand. Maybe I'm old in that regard. I don't understand the concept of buying something digitally and seeing you own it when it could literally disappear at any moment. Like I'm just paying for access. I don't really own it. And without having the option of downloading it, especially when it's cloud downloading it, there is that ownership aspect that's not there as well as not being able to purchase it physically. And that's why uh, services like Stadia really never jive with me because you had to pay a subscription rate fee. And then on top of that, you had to purchase games, which I really didn't understand, which is why very few people people play Stadia nowadays. But Microsoft has now rolled out their cloud functionality, not just to your mobile devices, but also to your gaming consoles. And this is one of the ways that I think that is awesome that Microsoft continues to, I wouldn't say reward the players, but put gamers first. I now can play Halo Infinite multiplayer through the cloud running on Xbox Series X hardware through my Xbox One. I think that is absolutely phenomenal. And I think that that can really open up the floodgates for those exclusive series titles to be played via older hardware and give Microsoft additional revenue toward uh, basically toward those that toward their bottom line when people cannot or will not purchase a new system. And also it really sets the... Um, landscape or foundation for streaming boxes and you know local style devices or as we know they're going to do build build in that functionality into selected smart television so i think that it's a good add-on to the already existing service and i can see in the future they may give a cloud only option that may be only a couple of dollars a month for you to simply play those games instead of having the whole xbox um game pass ultimate maybe they have a pc they have a console version and then they also will probably and i i will bet money on this have a game pass cloud version which will, you will be able to simply have on those uh streaming devices for those individuals who simply want to stream games and don't want to purchase any sort of physical media and just want to play you see uh companies like amazon with their lunar system or lunar service uh taking that uh stance on cloud gaming as well so i am excited for what the future holds when it comes to cloud gaming but specifically for the xbox as well now that's my gaming download let's get into short takes and this short take is related to gaming it is the return of G4 TV now if you're not familiar with G4 TV G4 TV is a cable network that uh, really reached its peak in the I would say early 2000s and it is uh, one that I always say was ahead of its time because YouTube essentially has become what G4 was back then with its quirky assortment of video game related shows from X-Play to Attack of the Show to Cheat to Pulse to Arena. Uh, that was uh, that was my go-to network when I was in grad school outside of obviously other channels at the time. But G4 was literally something I could pop on and no matter 
what was on. I could find something to watch, even just mindless entertainment. It was just fun to watch, and the gamer in me always found something that I liked and could relate to. Now, they brought it back with a vengeance in many respects it is not only on various cable platforms but it's also streamed on twitch and youtube and they've been doing a soft launch for the past couple of months introducing you to new talent while in addition to uh highlighting returning talent like adam sessler from x-play and kevin Pereira from attack of the show but also much like my it was youtube before it was youtube they brought in very prominent youtube game people or game content creators like the completionists uh like the black otaku and a lot of the folks who i'm really not familiar with because i'm not that hip but i like the completions i actually subscribe to his channel and i really enjoy the things he does and also uh fan favorite uh austin creed aka xavier woods from the wwe the new day uh is a part of the crew as well and it's obvious up 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 down down is one of the most popular gaming channels on uh youtube so it only makes sense to get xavier woods Austin Creed simply because it's one of his and he said it before one of his lifelong dreams to be a part of G4 so uh, I've been watching it pretty much every day nonstop since it launched a few days ago even before I started recording this I was watching it because it's just great fun to have on the background and it is always wonderful to see individuals doing something they genuinely love to do and I can feel that with uh, G4, I felt that before, but even more so now, I really feel that with G4 and what they're doing. So I hope that uh, this current iteration of G4 does not meet the same fate as the previous uh, iteration of G4. And I hope it has a very long, long future as it continues to grow and evolve and incorporate more of what we love about gaming into G4. So I'm going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the release of the second trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. Now let's get to the goods. The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer dropped, or I should say the second one dropped this past week. And it was a doozy. It revealed pretty much what we all expected with the return of many of the prominent villains from the previous Spider-Man films prior to the Marvel uh, iterations or Marvel Sony combination iterations. Uh, we saw the Green Goblin from the Raimi series. We also saw Sandman as well as Electro played by Jamie Foxx who was very much more comic accurate than he was in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and I was very happy for that. As well we saw more of Dr. Ock's character and I am enjoying the way that, at least in the trailer, they are presenting him as more of a sympathetic character rather than the one that has been taken over, taken over by the AI in his tentacles as what we saw in the Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Man 2. So I'm loving that aspect of it. And I also am enjoying at least the premise of the movie that... The botching of the spell, which we saw in the first trailer, is pretty much the catalyst that is causing this dimensional uh, rift or shift. And I'm very curious to see how, if at all, the events of One Division or One Division uh, played into that, as well as how that is going to 
impact Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness when it finally arrives next year. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Of course, we did not see any uh, traces of any other Spider-Man that are rumored to be in the film, which I think they are. But we did see a mysterious another person on the glider. Now, I wasn't sure if this was the uh, Harry Osborn from the uh, Remyverse or if this was the uh, Harry Osborn from the um, Amazing Spider-Man verse. I forgot the uh, director of those movies for a quick second. Uh, Or if it is a version of the Hobgoblin and maybe uh, Ned or a version of Ned uh, as the Hobgoblin will finally uh, make his appearance in the Spider-Verse, I shall call it now. So I am very, very excited for Spider-Man Far From Home, or No Way Home, excuse me. I think that, I think we all think it's going to do gangbusters, and especially with some other teasers from films that that have come out recently, who knows who else may show up in this movie. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking for, uh, for the story they have in that movie and also how it sets up with the rest of the mcu going forward so that's it for the short take let's get into a little bit of style now one of the things that i was thinking the other day was it's getting colder winter's fast approaching i was thinking it's peacoat season now what is a peacoat you may ask now peacoat has gone by or goes by many many other different names you got peacoat pea jacket pilot jacket or a reefer jacket and that's a new one that i never heard of until i looked up the history on it and obviously it's a piece of outerwear so outerwear is very much something that's very important as the weather gets colder previously i've very much talked about uh you know, shirts, slacks, you know, shoes, but not too much about outerwear, your coats, uh, everything that covers you up, you bundle with to keep warm. Well, pea coats are characterized by a short length, broad lapels, double breasted fronts, and a lot of times, well, even the buttons are going to be wooden, metal, or plastic uh, buttons, three or four contained between two rows, hence the double breasted nature of this garment and this garment's origin can be found uh, dating back all the way until the early 1700s and it still maintains its uh, design and composition much as it did way back in the 1700s uh, it's also called a bridge coat and this is a uh, what should say a brick bridge coat is a variation of the pea coat which extends to the thighs usually pea coats uh, stop right about the waist area a little bit longer a bridge coat is going to extend further down the thighs and navally speaking it is one that is uniformly exclusive for officers and chief petty officers now this is one that obviously it has uh, origins with the, the military, with the Navy. Uh, Navy issue Peacoat uses dark blue or gray wool uh, and sports buttons. So uh, with that is very much intrinsic to that sort of Navy mystique, that military s mystique that has now uh, become ubiquitous uh, within our modern culture and modern style. So I really think that a Peacoat for me is it's probably it's the coat that I go to the most because one I can wear it with pretty much anything where it's casual 
or if I'm wearing a suit and tie underneath. And also it is very good when it comes to layering as well as far as you're wearing sweaters and scarves underneath of it as well. It's just built really for being adaptable to whatever you have on underneath. So that's my recommendation for the fall, for the style, for the winter, um, is the very versatile pea coat. Now, now I'm going to get into something that is not quite for the winter, but is nonetheless a fragrance I wanted to highlight uh, this week for our fragrance of the week. And I may not be the goat of podcasting, but there is a little debate that Michael Jordan is the goat when it comes to basketball. Say what you want about LeBron. I love LeBron. I appreciate what he's done. Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Bill Russell, all of them. But there's just something about how Michael Jordan really just took the game and made it his own uh, with those Bulls championships and is something inspiring about his sports career and even what he's done after that as well. Uh, So I picked up a, a small bottle of the original Michael Jordan Cologne from 1996 to test out, uh, not really knowing what I was getting into simply because I've seen the Michael Jordan line for years and they are relatively inexpensive fragrances, but I've never really, I haven't heard too much about them. I put it that way. I don't know if they're good or they're bad. Even looking them up online, you you get varying responses. So I'm like, Hey, this is a, a little one milliliter, 30, excuse me, one ounce 30 ml bottle let me pick this up and see what it's like you know push come to shove i just lost five bucks but let me give you a breakdown on the fragrance before i actually give my impressions now with this fragrance you're going to find top notes of cognac geranium grapefruit rosewood cedar leaf lemon and cypress Heart notes or mid notes of clove, grass, green tea, lavender, clary sage, fir needle, juniper berry, frankincense, and suede. And then base notes of musk, patchouli, and sandalwood. Now, this is a fragrance that I really had to wear it all day. And I'm actually wearing it now that time is recording. And I've had it on for about, I don't know, seven plus hours or so. It's one that I really like. It is classified as a fresh scent, which it absolutely is. It's fresh, it's synthetic, but it smells good. It is not a uh, stupendous performer. I, I did spray a bit heavy knowing that this wasn't one that was really built to go the distance. Uh, so it's lasting a bit longer. I mean, like I still smell it, but it's very much a skin scent. With the opening, I get a bit of that cognac. I really get a lot of the rosewood mixed with the grapefruit, not so much of the geranium and the lemon for me. So I get dominant notes of the cognac, rosewood, and the grapefruit in the opening of the fragrance. With the mid notes, I've kind of gotten some of the suede, the frankincense, um, and the clary sage with a little bit of lavender. I haven't gotten so much of the clove or the grass, and I get, did get hints or have gotten hints of the green tea over the course of the day. Uh, with the base notes, I definitely get more of the musk and the sandalwood compared to the patchouli. Uh, I really enjoy good patchouli notes, and this one for me and my notes just kind of get, gets washed out by the musk and the sandalwood. Uh, overall, this is a definite easy pickup. It is really great for the office. It's great if you don't want to think and, and to wear something just to put something on. It is not a good one for the winter. Uh, this one is not going to get a lot of projection and cut through 
the cold brisk air of the winter especially here on the east coast but if you're just around the house or even as um totg reviews like to say a nice out of the shower scent i think it's perfect for that as well but definitely spring and summer if you just want some, something inexpensive something that's a dumb reach you cannot go wrong with michael jordan cologne it's definitely one that i will be utilizing especially when it like it's warmer when i don't want to think it's a good one to grab and to use and i'll be very interested once i go out with it during that sort of season what kind of compliments will i will get because this is what i can see getting compliments from you um, during certain times of the year and also during certain proximities as well so that's my take on michael jordan cologne and with that we've come to the end of another episode of the sartorian geek podcast by webster style where of course we talk about bow ties comic books and everything between i have been your host webster style before i go i want to make sure that i mention that the true board podcast has recently dropped their final podcast for the year and part of that podcast is getting retro and nostalgic with old nintendo games so they have created a bracket of some classic nintendo games and i had the ability to chime in and to submit my bracket and basically tell which one i think is going to be or is the most iconic nintendo game of all time so be sure to check that out the true board i've been on the podcast before support those guys they have a, a really great podcast and if you're an old school gamer like me uh go listen and relive some of your fondest childhood memories as they talk about and debate which one is the best nintendo nes game so again this has been webster style feel free to find us on instagram at webster style and sartorium geek find us on twitter at at Webster Style. Also, find us on the web at WebsterStyle.com. And of course, drop us an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you again for your time and your ear. And remember, be safe out there and stay blessed. Ooh, I, I, I mean, this is me right here. Baby, you see this? Nah, this is... Hold on. Never, I, I mean, I can change. I, I thought... Never mind, forget it. I'm a Jenny Jenny Miffinny Muffinny Finicky when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them close on them legs and thighs. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party's on to twerk. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. And on fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the Choosing what we own. That was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be-